and you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You're listening to Dunson on Radio Free Brooklyn. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this show are not those of Radio Free Brooklyn. We just say shit. They may not even be our own. Uh, with us in the studio is just Paul Higby and myself. We have a very interesting uh, nakedish episode for you because there's just the two of us in here. Uh, so, hello. Thank you for coming. Sure thing. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, and if you want your radio voice is so much better than mine. No, no way. It's just it's just more female. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, if you want to call in at seven one eight nine two eight nine seven three two again seven one eight nine two eight nine seven three two. All right. So thank you for coming. Absolutely. And, you know, for being where you said you were going to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference to uh, yeah. someone. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. I'll just play this in the background. I'm used to being a character, so it's interesting that I'm myself today. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But, you know, it's fun. I feel like I can be myself around you. I hope so. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Do you have any uh, emotional attachment to this song at all? Not emotional. I mean, I remember... I thought I really liked these songs at the time. Uh, and then, I don't know. It's, I don't have anything to say about them that anyone else who doesn't really like them has to say. I just don't really like them that much. You don't like them? It's all right. Oh, no. That's so hilarious because I was like, I've just got this in the queue. And you're like, okay. No, no, I wish I played something you like. That's fine. No, it's hilarious. No, it's better. It's better that, well, maybe this is how you're feeling where I would feel, if it was something I liked, I would feel nervous. Like, uh, I got to defend this even if everyone likes it. Like, do you feel like there's a song you have that you have to defend? Or anything you like that you have anything to defend? Anything that, every, everything I like, I feel like I have to defend. Like what? Even like uh, like Seinfeld, which is the most popular thing ever. Yeah, I uh, I, I I don't know. I get uh, defensive about that, where I feel like people don't give it the respect it deserves, which is insane. It's the most popular thing ever. So, have you felt that you were in a situation where you had to actually defend it, or I? Well, yeah. I mean, I think I was. I remember. I'm going to turn this off because you don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, though. Uh, I remember, I don't know, it was, uh, I guess, around the time that B-Movie came out. Remember B-Movie? We played okay. the little B. But he was, Seinfeld wasn't still on by then, was he? No, no, the show was over. Okay, so but you were defending Seinfeld himself. It's it's all the, or was it's, it a, it's all wrapped, wrapped up there? and... It doesn't matter if the show's over, it's forever. I'm going to be 80 years old referencing Seinfeld episodes. It's crazy. Uh, but, yeah, the I mean, he made this movie B-movie. I didn't see it, but uh, supposedly <laughs> it's pretty bad. And so everyone was making fun of, you know, this guy who, like, he's on the top. He made, like, the most popular, greatest show ever. He's a super billionaire. And he made this one bad movie, so everyone, this is their chance to pile on him. And I, I really took offense to that. <laughs> so you defended him in B movie, having never seen it. I was like, well, I, I, I was like, guys, guys, we're talking about 
Jerry Seinfeld here. This is, he made Seinfeld. It's the, the perfect. It's it's a life. Sure, he made the B movie, but this isn't a chance to. Uh, this isn't a referendum on everything he's ever done. Let's remember this is this is Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> Has he done other movies though? I can't. Think I don't of think them, so. Which is interesting that that's like the one that he chose. Uh, I I don't I don't have any feelings towards. It. I think I saw it, but I also saw it in. in there's a version on YouTube where every time they say the word yeah. B, so I'm not sure if I saw the actual movie or if I saw that, but I'm pretty sure I saw both on the around the same time with my co-host who is usually here, Greg Kinsey. He's doing a show that you guys could totally check out. I think he almost plugged it, uh, <laughs> and I think it's actually I don't know anything about it, and he's not here to plug it, so I'm a monster. Yep. But yeah, I saw B movie. I think. Oh, wait. So there. <laughs> Um, speaking of defending things, uh, you the way we met. Oh yeah, we were friends and fans of. Okay, uh, uh, you could call him a local institution. You could call him a cult favorite. But uh, uh, of course, talking about uh, Gary Marinoff, the late Gary Marinoff. Uh, so you met him before I did, I think. I think so. Yeah, I met him uh, doing season two of Thirty Rock. So, what did you meet him after that? Yeah, when I met him, I think the show had ended already. Oh no, really? Yeah. Wow, because I know there were times when he was telling me about these guys that were helping him, and I think that's you and Seth. Probably right. Like you were gonna like get his reel together. You're gonna do this and that, and like I helped. Uh, I did. I. I guess you could say I did some. I mean, we had that. Uh, I think the time you and I met was when Seth and I we hosted the Gary Marinoff mid-career retrospective. Yeah, which, which was he we found uh, <laughs> he was uh, he. Well, we should probably for people who don't know, we should tell them about Gary. Probably. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know who Gary Marinoff is, we'd like to give you a taste of some <laughs> Gary Marinoff. Oh yeah, did you find a clip? I did find a lot of clips of him, actually. Um, and I think I'll go with, like, what Seth put up. Because, you know, but hold on. Gary Marinoff was a... He was a character. <laughs> no kidding. And he told you what he was thinking. And he gave great notes, believe it or not. I worked in a bookstore for many years. And a black man comes in and says, where's some Malcolm X books? Oh, no. Internet, how dare you? And while uh, you're getting that going again, just for visual reference, oh, Gary was uh, uh older guy at the time we knew him. Bald, Jewish, glasses, pudgy. Um, Aww. <laughs> no, he wasn't. I think he was felt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as you'll hear, despite all that, he was... Uh, uh, older Jewish mild-mannered looking guy uh, he did he had the act of a black comedian basically <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know he was adorable he also wore like khakis mm -hmm. with I want to say either sneakers or shoes yeah like dress yeah he dressed uh, like he, a teacher like a substitute teacher mm -hmm. like a math teacher with like a, a collared shirt and yeah. uh, at wardrobe he would bring in his options but it would all be around the same color palette uh, and it was almost pretty much the same outfit, but more like a cartoon character and less like a person who doesn't change. 
Because he definitely was clean. He didn't like smell. It wasn't like he was wearing the same thing over and over again. It just was the same look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next we had on the manager says, Gary, you are not black. You can't act black. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> Next today a gay man comes in and says, was it too many Capone books? Fabulous. He said, be fabulous and I have four. Next we had on the manager says, Gary, you are not gay. You can't act gay. Say what? <laughs> I thought I could blame me for everything, Mr. Price. Gary, you're Jewish, you'll have to feel that way. Say what? <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus Christ's last words on the cross? Say what? It's <laughs> true. I, I was looking at people who went the long way. And I got to the manager's office for harassment charges. I said, am I getting hit with sexual harassment? She went, nope. Gary, sorry to say, there's nothing sexual about you. <laughs> it's just harassment. Don't look at it that way. Say what? I went to a hotel, and I said, where's room 706? She went, you make a sharp white. I couldn't find it, man. I wasn't sharp enough. <laughs> It's true. And you'll believe I went to the airport. I said the wrong thing. They gave me a fall exam. That was the bad part. Good part is my prostrate's okay. <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. It's tough. And what the fuck is a metrosexual, man? Metrosexual? A man that seems gay but likes woman? It's a new thing by Mayor Bloomberg to improve our life. I'm going to make a metrosexual. Man, if you like women, you're straight. I don't care how gay you seem, you're straight, man. Nothing wrong with being gay, nothing wrong with being straight, but you're metrosexual, man. You're straight, yo, you're straight. Don't give me fancy terms, man. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, one of yeah, a kind. Definitely. Such a sweetheart. Um, mm-hmm. And like a lot of people didn't know how to handle him. Or, or I don't know what it was, but I loved him. Like it, it, we did improv together. It was like this fun little secret. It was almost like we were in a secret fight club because I would see him on set and then I would see him at improv. And it was like, I don't know. In both places, it was like we had secrets because we knew each other from, you know how there's different lives. You've yeah. got your different lives. We knew each other from two of our lives. Um, and he would always reference it. And he would reference this guy <laughs> that we worked with. Like that would he actually got kicked off of. 30 Rock because he was always on camera pointing at a rubber glove. Yeah. What? This guy that I would like, that that Gary would always make fun of me for. He's like, Arcee's scared of you. <laughs> like, he would just say that Arcee was scared of me. Uh-huh. And that's the name of this guy who uh, got in trouble for pointing at a, like, every single take on the season he's in. If you see this guy in the background of 30 Rock, you'll uh-huh. see him pointing at or looking at his hand. And he wore... A glove? I want to say he wore a latex or leather glove. So this is... I'm trying to understand this. This this, this like this was his brand or something? He's in it's, the back of 30 Rock trying to promote himself? Yeah, we're all extras. So we're all... I guess that was how he decided to set himself apart. Instead of just doing the thing that he... Like, instead of just walking, he decided to, like, do this thing uh, where he, you know, pointed at or looked at his hand. That's amazing. Yeah. So now you can look. I know season two he was there because that's when I worked on it. Um, so you can look at anything in season two and, and you can like see the crew. Anything where there's crew in the studio, 
check for that. <laughs> There's your little Easter egg. That's amazing. That's a the think of that Gary is the guy who was able to follow the program and as much of a character as wild as he was, he uh yeah. He was able to turn it down and just walk around and let someone else be the focus. Yeah. But they loved was, him. There was another guy on set who just could not handle that. What do you mean? The the, the, the glove guy. guy. Well, yeah, no, he he he. Gary, Gary was a professional. You know, he oh. showed up on time. He did his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy, you know, he's just funny. He just decided that this would be funny. I don't know why. <laughs> Is there anything more to this guy you know about? Um, I feel like you could probably. He's probably got a YouTube channel. He's a hilarious person. Like I, I loved working with this guy. Um, I guess I can say his name. I haven't said anything that isn't already known or knowable. R.C. Hall. So check out R.C. Hall. I'm sure he's up to something hilarious. I haven't looked, but now I'm, I want to. I want to like check I'm very the internet curious. to see if he's up to something. I hope. Because I imagine he is. Because um, he's like a very funny guy. I can't imagine like a funny guy like that stopped being funny. But I don't even know how. Oh, I don't know. This is just too much. Too many options. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put a pin in this and come back to it later mm. and do some research on the, the subject. Um, but yeah, the the uh, I think I told you the story about with Gary and how um, he was looking for housing, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, have you ever tried?" I, I forget what it was, but it was like, um, I guess if you have like any disabilities, right? That's what it was. I was like, "You know, what if you claimed a disability?" He's like, "Well, I can't do that." <laughs> I was like, but why? I w- like, why wouldn't you? It's just too much integrity. <laughs> oh, they'd never believe it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He said that. He's like, oh, they'd never. Like, you sure? <laughs> we can try. Let's try. Uh, but no, no, he wasn't wasn't interested in it. I know everybody that you asked to do the show. They were like, all right, are you a good guy? Do you mean it? Oh yeah. Yeah, like everybody. There was like this. You had to pass like some sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Gary, he'd be an easy guy to take a, a pot shot at, and he d- wouldn't deserve that because he's a sweet guy, hilarious guy. Uh, and yeah, I, I, you know, I, I met him doing open mics, and open mics, so many people just go up, do the same thing, and you're waiting for your turn. And no one's paying attention. And then Gary would go up and he'd just be so different. You had to pay attention. Like, <laughs> And everyone, I mean, even if people were weird about him, everyone remembers Gary. Every Gary links me to people I haven't even met. I'll, I'll meet people who did comedy at one time or another. And I'll mention that, uh, you know, I did, I'm... Uh, Seth Pompey and I, we made a documentary that featured Gary because he's such an interesting guy. And we're trying to get it shown. We're submitting it to festivals. It's not out yet. But, you know, when I meet people and they ask me about myself and I mention that uh, I mentioned this documentary with Gary, they'll be like, oh, you know, Gary, yeah, Gary, he's my he's like uh, my <laughs> my link to the world. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of people that came that night and it was just it was basically like an open mic. 
eulogy format, I guess. For, well, this was a new. Oh wait, we might be talking about two different. No, things. we. we uh, I was. I jumped to having links because the, the show that you did was a, the the mid the mid career retrospective, and everybody came and told their stories of Gary, which is so odd that it was like a weird rehearsal almost for for what happened so unexpectedly shortly after. Right? It was like less than a year, around a year or something like that. Yeah. Um, which was so crazy. I mean, you received the last. Oh my God, that's one. right. Yeah. So, uh, so Gary, uh, it was in August of 2015. He suddenly passed away. He had a brain hemorrhage just out of the blue. Um, and so, uh, a bunch of people got together at, uh, the pit and we had, uh, a memorial for Gary and uh, yeah I talked about how uh, I had just spoken to him the day before or something um, because so on the day that he uh, passed he was on his way to go to the uh, topless march she was very he was very excited about <laughs> I also received a phone call so I know how excited Sadly, excited to the point of he had an aneurysm. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. It did not kill him. But yeah, I love that that was what he called you about. Oh, Paul, <laughs> the most amazing thing is going to happen. <laughs> it's a topless march. All oh, these women, they're going to take the tops off. Oh, my God, Paul. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> I mean, this was heaven <laughs> for him. Oh man, I I do now wonder genuinely. There's a part of me that wonders: had he not gone, would we still have him in our lives today? Well, that's the tragedy. He yeah. uh, he didn't make it. It was on his way there. Oh no, he, really? So yeah, he as he was leaving his house on his way there. Oh, I didn't realize it was that day of. I thought it was like the day before. Maybe it was the day before. Yeah, because I know that he called me, and um, at the time I was painted. With a beard, uh-huh. if you know Matthew Silver. Do you know Matthew Silver? I actually do, yeah. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know Matthew Silver, Matthew is also an institu- a New York institution. He's amazing. You can catch him, if you're lucky, probably right now at Union <laughs> Square. Uh, what are you doing listening to us? You should be at Union Square watching Matthew Silver spread love art uh, in the form of love farts and, and all that. I, it all makes sense if you know him, I swear. Um, but I was in his one of his famous bathing suits. Mm-hmm. Playing him from the future in a Fritz Donnelly uh, production that I don't know if it's actually been edited yet. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, it happened in 2015. So it might come out. It might not. But you might be able to catch me uh, dressed and painted like Matthew Silver <laughs> playing Matthew Silver from the future. And because I had just gotten a beard painted on my face, I couldn't answer the phone but there was this moment when i looked at it like what if this is your last opportunity which is insane but because my father had passed everything i think is now different like the way i think about everything because i lost somebody unexpectedly everything is different like everything is you know it could be the last or whatever so i'm looking at the phone and i literally think you should get this just in case it's your last opportunity i then tell myself stop this bullshit get over it like you're fine You'll talk to him again. You'll call him later um, and everything will be fine. And it, there's a weird like a regret for not listening to that because that same voice saved my grandfather's life. 
um, in 2013. So my dad died in 2012, and in 2013, I um, I was going to do a show, and I went to call my scene partner, and accidentally my phone was calling my grandfather. And I call him every morning, so it makes sense that you know it would call him. But I was like, oh, I'm gonna hang this up, and I was like, no, what if? You know, like one of those kind of things. Uh-huh. So then I just call him, and at that time I hear like like a weird noise it almost sounded like his oxygen tank was letting out but it didn't make sense and and it just made me feel really weird and uh i called my grandmother who lived not far from him to send boris you know to check on him because something may have been wrong but part of me was like oh are you overreacting because everything is an emergency now that you lost your father unexpectedly or is this really an emergency so there's those voices are constantly battling Um, And my grandmother's like, can you just double check that it's not like a weird phone thing or something? And I'm like, okay, yeah. I call. The phone line is busy. So I'm like, no, something is definitely up. I don't know what. Uh, And then she sent uh, Boris and then an ambulance came and he wound up being unresponsive and nonverbal for a while and kind of comatose. And as I was like trying to figure out how to communicate with him, get like apps to download to see how we can communicate without him being verbal i was like can you guys just do me a favor and hold the phone to his face for a second and they're like no he can't talk and i'm like i get it but like please just please just do this for me like and they didn't think he was gonna live like he they were like ready for him to just no longer exist um and then they put the phone up to his ear and i said hey you can't respond to me right now and if you try you'll you'll hurt yourself so please don't but uh i love you more and if you don't get better, I win. So <laughs> you have to get better so you can tell me you love me more. And he did the next day. He talked. He was responsive. And well, actually, he was cursing. That's, that's how they knew he was better. He started cursing at like the nurses. He was still like in, in between like dream and reality because he was saying things that didn't make sense. But he came back and, and was okay after that for a while. Like I got an extension on grandpa time. <laughs> From that weird voice that's like, something terrible is happening. Listen to me. But uh, Wow. Yeah. That's a sweet story. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of my grandpa stories are like <laughs> sweet. I think grandparents are like the best gifts for the world. Do you have a, a similar mm. feeling about any grandparents or mm. paternal? I, uh, I don't know. I had a... Uh, I guess story I have. I have uh, my grandma. She was very conservative, very conservative, which is fine to each their own. The thing was, she had all these like corny catchphrases that went along with it, like these little names. Like it wasn't the New York Times; it was the New York Slimes. Oh my God! Really? Yeah, they're not the Democrats; Stop they're the it. Demon Rats. Oh, she's funny. And the worst was, so this was like back uh, at the Iraq, during the start of the Iraq War. She would call Saddam Hussein so damn insane. Well, it's not that bad. <laughs> but it's like who who is that taking down a peg? It's not like you're you're ever talking to a supporter of Saddam Hussein, <laughs> who you're gonna get under their skin with that one. Aw. Yeah, Saddam. <laughs> Saddam Hussein, he's not, uh, there isn't a, a debate 
over whether <laughs> he's a good guy or not. Well, so I didn't know who that one was for. She probably heard it. She probably just really liked comedy. Is there any <laughs> link between this and you getting into comedy? I, 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 I doubt it. No. <laughs> or is your family funny? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, like comedy with the time we would. Sp- I think a lot of the time we we spent together growing up would actually be around the TV set watching uh, Seinfeld or The Simpsons stuff like that. We'd watch that every week. And that was some of our like most uh, often family time that we spent. So comedy was always around, always important in that way. I think, yeah. Did you guys like eat and watch these together? We, uh, we were we were good about uh, making dinner time its own thing. We were a wholesome, good family in that sense. Okay, yeah. I think for my family, dinner time was also Jeopardy time, <laughs> which it works because it's seven o'clock forever. Mm-hmm. It's forever seven o'clock, uh, followed by Wheel of Fortune, of course. Yep. Um, but I think the TV. I don't know. My, I think my mom. I feel like my family watched Seinfeld, but I don't know. I don't remember being into it. Oh, I don't like this. Like, originally. But I know it's good. And I like um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which mm-hmm. is basically... Yeah. Yeah. Like the improvised Seinfeld. So I know it's good. And I know my mom... Actually, my mom definitely watched it because I remember she watched uh, the final episode. Mm-hmm. And then the one... Is that the one that goes backwards? No, that... That was the same season, though. Okay, because she thought that was genius. That was a good one. Yeah. (laughs) So without even watching it, it definitely, um, it was inspiring me because of just the idea of going backwards, like a TV show that went backwards. That's Mm -hmm. genius. I don't even think I saw it, but I heard about it. And I may have seen it because I think my mom also recorded on VHS, like TV shows that she liked. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, now she's in Greece with like Slingbox. So she's still getting American TV. It's important. Like American television is very important to my mother. And I think it's because it taught, it literally taught her English. Oh. Yeah. When she was five, uh, my family moved from Turkey to New York. Uh-huh. And uh, that's, that's how she learned English by watching television. Like a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a friend, Sefa who's a very funny comedian and uh, he came here from Turkey uh, oh. and he he has a very special uh, connection with Dave Letterman because he learned a lot of English from watching that oh wow and SCTV like he he's also loved those as a comedy fan but he has that special connection because he to some degree learned English from watching those shows that's funny yeah where did he learn curses? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I don't know where my mom learned curses either. Because I don't think you can get that on TV in the 50s. <laughs> uh, Letterman, I think you can get like maybe ass at most. Yeah, I think you most, could say yeah. that, yeah. What about you? Did, did, did Were you raised by television at all or actual people? <laughs> uh, some degree, both. I think, uh, I I don't know. We didn't have cable growing up. So my television watching was limited in that way I remember oh just how boring if it used to be like I mean everyone talks about how oh with the internet everything's different now it used to be when you didn't have anything to do you really 
did not have anything to do. There was, <laughs> I mean, the internet, maybe you're like bored, but there is something somewhere you could connect to that will be something you've never seen before or whatever. Back, we did, we had like, I don't know, 10 channels or whatever. If there was nothing on, there was just nothing. Nothing. Uh, and it was just, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, I don't know. It's, uh, I feel dumb talking about it because if you <laughs> experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. And it's like, yeah. And if you didn't experience it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And you're like, what? That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you do? Would you just like, you wouldn't stare at a wall. Would you draw? Would you, would you talk on a rate? Like, a, would you like? pretend to do stand-up would you write stuff would i like you... to play with chorus a lot cars yeah i would do little races and i did little silly creative things uh well not so creative but uh i don't know i made up like uh my own like uh sports leagues and stuff with all i made up all the teams and the players and i would like so make... fantasy yeah complete sports. fantasy complete <laughs> fantasy so yeah, I had, uh, and a baseball card collection, and oh, I had video games though. That's I guess so. There were always, I guess, to say there's nothing to do is not true because I could always play games and stuff. Yeah, so there was oh, like NES or I had a Super NES, and yes. that was I think I also had N64 and then PlayStation Two later, but probably Super NES was the best one for me. That was like my peak. Now let's jump into high school for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I brought uh, a couple stories. Oh, what did I do with them? Oh, no. oh, you just had them out. Yeah, what happened? Seconds ago. Are they in your pocket? Could you put them in a pocket? Oh, I know you just. Oh, like... here they are. They're under my seat. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, to go to high school. Uh, so, this. Uh, I know this is an atypical episode, but to bring things back to how they usually are. Uh, so I missed a lot of high school my junior year, and it wasn't because I wasn't there. School didn't happen. It was because of a bunch of bomb threats that happened. So what would happen was uh, bomb threat would come in. They would have to evacuate the school. It's a huge school. It was actually two buildings, 2,000 kids. So it would take forever to get everyone out of the building. Then they'd have to march us down to these fields like a few blocks away so it would be quote-unquote safe, though there was never any bomb. It was just, just these bomb threats. Uh, but they would have to treat it for real. So the bomb squad would come in and it would take them oh my God. yeah, hours to clear the school. And we'd be down uh, in these fields that were like they specifically took us to like uh, school fields that were fenced around so that kids couldn't just run off. But kids would anyway. <laughs> You're safe and contained <laughs> like animals. Exactly. It was. It was. And kids, they would like like uh, Jurassic Park velociraptors. They would test the fence looking for weaknesses to get out and they'd find a hole or they'd find like a place where there was like a divot in the ground or something and yeah. then all of a sudden you'd, I mean, <laughs> you'd see like three kids just like scamper under the fence and run out 
Wow. I mean, of course, this is a school that keeps doing bomb threats for exactly. Of course, they're going to find a way out. Like, what? Where is this? This was Montclair, New Jersey. Oh, my God. Yep. That's unexpected somehow. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. So then the bomb squad would finish sweeping the school and we'd come back and they would be looking at us with just the most glaring upset stink eye <laughs> stares because they everyone knows there's no bomb so they're in their sweaty bomb gear oh my god on their hands and knees in every corner for hours and then we come back and they're all angry at us I didn't, we didn't do anything they're mad at you because there's no bomb <laughs> like, yeah yeah that's what they're mad about well, these dumb kids didn't blow up yeah so then we'd go back to school and I mean they every time this happened they'd get angrier and angrier and it happened so often I made uh, a bomb scare t-shirt oh my god yeah it had uh, all the dates on the back like a rock tour short shirt and it had I drew like a bomb on the front and it said have a blast at Montclair High stop it yeah. oh my god how many people wanted one a few people wanted one more than that. They were dumb kids who were like, oh, that's the guy. Uh, the, the guy with the bomb shirt. Well, He's yeah. the guy calling it in. And that person that accused you is the person who actually did it. <laughs> if anything has taught, if this, if this administration has taught us anything, that's who's guilty. Well, we found out later. Well, first, like before they caught the guy, like this went on Wasn't for a the while. the guy that pointed his finger at you? <laughs> Uh, it was. It ended up being a guy who didn't even go to the school. Oh my god! Did his girlfriend go to the school? Oh, you guessed it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Wow, hormones. Yeah. Wow. So this went on so long that literally seasons changed. Like it got warm. Uh, it went to the spring, and then like ice cream trucks would line up at the fields. We'd get ice cream. Because they would know? Oh, yeah. It was the, oh, my God. 2,000 kids all in the same place with nothing to do. They made they made a windfall. Wow. This is like as smart as those girls <laughs> who set up the cookies, out, the Girl Scouts outside mm -hmm. the, the marijuana dispensaries. Yeah. Those ice cream people. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's, a, that's a, the ingenuity of small business. God, you know, the moment I found out that it was because some dude needed to get laid, I'm like, this does sound like Jersey. <laughs> this now puts it back in Jersey for me. Wow. Yeah. And so they, it, this just became like field days. We'd play Frisbee. I like my friends bet me that I wouldn't jump into these girls double dutch. And I did. I got some money that way. It was great. <laughs> wow. So finally they do catch the guy and... So what he would do was anytime his girlfriend had a test, he would call in a bomb threat so that she wouldn't have to take the test. Because he kept her up all night, not letting her study. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Probably. Wow. Did she like this? Did you ever like find out if she was okay with this? I don't know, actually. That's a good question. I actually don't know. Like, is this guy her? Like, is this guy a problem or is she as trashy as he is? I mean, she definitely, it's not like she left him because yeah. he kept calling these bomb threats <laughs> for her. A whole year, right? 
this went on, I don't know, several months. And that's yeah. a long time in teenage yeah. dating. That's like do- like it's like months or years. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So as often as, you know, if you think about it this way, as often as you would have a test in high school, that's how often we had bomb threats. Wow. Well, we had holidays, Jewish holidays, as often as you guys probably had <laughs> uh, bomb threats. It was kind of amazing. I loved it. Like, I don't even know what they were. I just knew that we didn't have to go to school. Where are you from? Uh, Great Neck. Okay. Yeah. So we had a lot of holidays. It was wonderful. Um, wow. I. You told me before the, the show that you also, there was a bomb threat at your school. Yeah. I, I think, I don't remember the details because it was only one. And I think this kid Marlon did it. And I think it was just a situation where we just went outside kind of like a fire drill. So it wasn't a big deal, but it was um, because, you know, of the severity of it. And then a little while later, something else happened. Like these are all this this whole thing is mushed into one memory. Uh, a little while later, someone changed the the healthy equals drug free mm-hmm. to healthy equals free drugs. Oh, that's good. And the guy that did it was like a really good student and everybody really like the teachers loved him. So they couldn't imagine it was him. So they blamed the kid from the bomb threat. They thought it was Marlon that did this. He's like, I didn't do it, but I'll take credit. Cause like, I don't even know if he did the bomb threat. I think he was just like, yes, all press is good press. Like, I don't even know if he, if he, yeah. So then there was this other situation and this is like years later, I think now, cause I think one was in middle school and the other one was in high school. Um, where somebody made a threat, um, like a school shooter type threat. Mm-hmm. It was like, like Columbine was nothing. Wait till you see what happens here, or like something like that. I don't uh-huh. remember what it was, um, and um, it was after Columbine, but like so many years after because I'm 21, mm-hmm. but also inspired by somehow. What a retro weirdo. Anyway, um, but yeah, so it was like it was serious enough that they had to get handwriting analysis. Uh, of everybody so we all had to write what yeah we I, I remember having to write something to be analyzed and I'm like well and I kind of wanted to know like <laughs> like you can't I, I have nothing to do with this I didn't do it but somehow I'm still nervous and it's like <laughs> how do I make it look like the guy how do I make it look not like the guy like what do I do um and then they found out who it was and it was just like it was unexpected it wasn't like it wasn't Marlon <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good yeah. Yeah, anytime anyone does anything, it sounds like uh, it. If it's not Marlin, it, it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to figure this out. It's caper, um, pretty much. Yeah, I don't even think Marlin was a bad kid. <laughs> I mean, just I think he took the rap yeah. for the one thing, and then it just snowballed out of control. Yep, forever, forever. Like, I, I actually want to look up what he's up to. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to write this down. <laughs> I love it. Um, but your T-shirt, does it still exist? I still have it, yeah. Oh, I love it. And how many dates? Did you, like, Sharpie in the future dates? Yeah, it, I mean, it was all done in Sharpie. It was, oh, okay. I didn't get this thing screen printed or anything. Of course, yeah. <laughs> there was no budget on this. Amazing. Uh, but would you do it? Was that part of the ritual? Like, while you're out there, would you Sharpie in the date as it happened? Or <laughs> would you go home and do it? I'm trying to remember <laughs> if there was ever a time... I can't remember if there was ever a time that I was wearing a shirt and then a bomb threat happened at the same time. I can't remember. <laughs> I think if that had happened, I would because that would be too for perfect. I would remember that if that oh, had yeah. happened. See, now I thought it was just like at the ready for like, okay, guys, 
Get the position. Get into position. Okay, let me put my shirt on. It's bomb time. That would have been a lot smarter. I w- I just wore it to school as this. Oh, this is just my shirt for today. Yeah, it's clean. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, well, next time if this ever happens, you just keep it in your backpack so that you can update it as as it's happening. <laughs> See, that's the difference between like now and then. There's this need to be like live and in, in in the present moment. You know, updating as it's happening. Uh, whereas back then, you could. You could log it after it happened. Uh, but yeah, today it would be like a hologram with like dates forever adding. Oh, yeah. I just type in a little button on the collar. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to talk about an assembly. and uh, Yeah, this is another dumb reason I got out of class uh, uh, in high school. So uh, they're on BET, the, like the version of TRL there, it's called 106 in Park. And they had this thing called Freestyle Fridays. Maybe they still have it. I don't know. And it's uh, so like unsigned rappers would come on and it was a live show and they'd rap battle each other and the winner would get to come back the next week. Well, this kid who had gone to our school, he got on Freestyle Fridays and he actually won. So the school threw an assembly to celebrate (laughs) <laughs> this guy who won the Freestyle Friday. And so, like I said, it was a huge school and the auditorium was huge also. So, and the thing was packed every inch of it. So first, there was a rap battle for the current students. Uh, like I said, this guy had gone to our school. He wasn't even at the school anymore, but they were just so proud that they threw an assembly for this guy. How long after he graduated? Probably a couple years or something. <laughs> okay. So somebody may have been in school while he was there. Like two grades. Oh, maybe. yeah. I remember him for okay. sure. I remember him. So it's not like. But it wasn't like, <laughs> oh, man, this this kid just went straight from Mark Clare High School to Freestyle Fridays. It's like, no. <laughs> he also worked at Trader Joe's for a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He hasn't been here for years. So anyway. So first the current students have their rap battle and then uh, then this guy, his name was uh, if I remember it was Al Sharp. Ten. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, and so he comes on stage and everyone boos. What? Yeah, I, I, I was surprised. I was like, I thought this whole thing was the celebration of, you know, the returning hero here. So wait, the guy that this whole thing is for is getting booed? Everyone's booing. <laughs> oh and so God. I asked the person next to me, like, what's going on? Apparently, when he had gone on Freestyle Fridays, he didn't say he was from Montclair. He claimed he was from East Orange, which had like more of a like a hood cred. He didn't want to say he was from Montclair. So now he comes back to Montclair and uh, he does not get the hero's welcome that uh, he thought he deserved. And this is uh, everyone's chance to let him know how they feel. So boo, boo, boo. Oh, my God. So he gets booed off the stage. Then this guy, Ox, takes the mic. So Ox was a rapper that Al had met at BET. And he was was a professional freestyler. He was an eight mile, actually. Uh, He played this guy called Lotto. And he was this huge muscle guy. He was wearing a wife beater. He was all tatted up. And his signature was... His hair was braided into like ox horns, like big curly horns, right? Oh, wow. That's pretty. Yeah. So he had a great look. 
intimidating guy. He takes the mic, and now the crowd's quiet. And so he says in this huge deal, he goes, All y'all booing my man here. I got something to say to you. And at the only rule for the rap assembly was no cursing. <laughs> no one had followed this rule. It's just been, I don't know how long this thing was, but all the kids are cursing. These are students, so you'd think they could get in trouble, but no consequences. For some reason... I mean, no consequence at the school where there's constant bomb threats. Yeah, I can see how there would be no consequence for cursing. Go on. Ox, this adult, who no one there has any authority over him. For some reason, he follows this rule. Oh, my God. So he goes, all you booing my man. I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to smear y'all faces with poo-poo paper. No. I swear to God. And he got booed off the stage even harder. And it was the Are these- greatest concert I've ever been to. What? <laughs> poo-poo paper? I'm going to smear y'all faces with poo-poo paper. Wow. No. Oh, my God. Wow. That's bad. Mm-hmm. That's bad. And like, were they heels? Were they supposed to do that? Like, I, I don't, I've, I cannot believe. You'd think someone, I mean, literally the whole auditorium booed him. You think someone would have caught wind of the fact that this was going to happen before it happened? I, I can't believe that they did this thing in the first place, that they didn't call it off when they realized that everyone hated him. Oh my God. And then the the special guest comes out and he says, I'm going to smear your faces with poo-poo paper. Wow. Like, how devastated were they after this? I never saw him again. Because he killed himself. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, that is so sad. Wow. Oh, my God. That's bad. I, um, I had an assembly once where there was, like, some radio guy had come. And I can't remember what he was from. I don't know. It just was a big deal that he was a radio guy, but it wasn't a big deal to the kids. It was a big deal to the adults. Uh-huh. Um, and like, I don't remember if it was middle school, elementary school or like high school, but I do remember who it was that like made this connection. So he's talking about drugs are bad and and, uh, you know, how he doesn't do drugs. And if you want to like and he'll prove it by doing a drug test, you just give him two days, three days notice and he will prove it what? and do a drug test. Yeah, because he's busy, he would have to schedule it, right? So after the wait, thing, so he would take a drug test to prove that he's not on drugs. Yeah, that drugs are bad, and that he's a cool radio guy who doesn't do drugs. Okay, and that he's he's willing to prove it by you know, okay, going ahead and taking a drug test after a few days' notice. He'll go and take a drug test. All right. So afterwards, and I think we were really young, but this young kid was like, "That's bullshit." He does cocaine. Uh huh. And it's like, what do you mean? He's like, that's the only thing that needs a few days to get out of your system before doing a drug test. How did this kid know? That's what I want to know. Like, listen, Vardy's. Like, it was like Sean Vardy, Mike Vardy. There was like this family of Vardy's, these Vardy's. And like, Facebook wants me to know, wants to know if I know one of their wives, Lilia Vardy. I don't. Uh Um, 
But they knew. They knew that he was doing cocaine and that it takes a few days. Now, to this day, I want to know how the Vardys knew at such a young age about not like they, they not only knew that it was cocaine, they knew that it took cocaine three days to get out of the system and that this guy was full of shit and they were children. Like, it was amazing to watch this because <laughs> there was no nobody had told them this. This is like we go from the assembly to like science class and that's where they reveal that the guy's full of shit. I'm glad it happened in science class. I think so. Yeah. Um, and uh, these are the kids that had like moon shoes, like their trampoline shoes. They brought them to school? Yeah. There were those kids. What? <laughs> so like maybe the kids are doing cocaine. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they could have been. I doubt it, but they could have been. But yeah, that I, was- I have a, yeah, I have a, yeah, every part of that story is bizarre. <laughs> really? Yeah, where it's like, I don't, why would, how does him taking a drug test prove that drugs aren't cool? (laughs) I mean, we're, we're all, did he have to tell, did, was everyone under the impression that he was such a cool guy? Well, obviously he must be on drugs. He's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. See, he's a cool guy because he does radio, right? Uh But you can be a cool guy who does radio and not do drugs to be cool. And who at that point would say, oh, I can't take your word for this? I need to drug (laughs) test (laughs) you. Uh, You know, he was lying, though. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, he makes this insane claim. Probably coked up (laughs) at the time. I don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Give me a few days notice. I'll prove about there. I'm cool. Yeah. And then... He sets up, no one's going to make him take this drug test, but he sets up these conditions for how he can pass this drug test that no one asked him to take in the first place. And then this child <laughs> yeah. is like, uh, no, no. Uh. <laughs> and I don't even, is that even true what the kid said? Uh, To this day, I've never looked into it. I just took it for face value. It's true. I was like, that's true. That's how long it takes cocaine to get out of the system. Yeah, it's crazy. I've already said it. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's crazy for the kid to know this. And then on top of that, I'm hearing the story now. I'm like, wait a second. Is that even true? Is this kid just trying to, is he's doing a reversed radio guy where he's saying oh i i'm so cool because i know how drug tests work and i thought he was cool because i thought he did drugs it worked yeah drugs are cool kids (laughs) (laughs) don't listen to that radio guy um yeah so i gotta do a quick little read on air uh, let's see. Ben Talks Live, that's right on the 10th, 9 2018, starting at 9 p.m. at the Pine Box Rock Shop, that is 12 Grattan Street, right over here in Brooklyn. The general price is $0, but you can still get tickets at Eventbrite. That is HTTPS. Golan backslash backslash blah blah. Why do I have to say that? Ben Talks Live dot Eventbrite.com. Uh, check it out. You will be doing Ben Talks in a front of a live studio audience where he'll be giving unfiltered hilarious and sometimes controversial opinions about the latest trending topics i won't bore you with more of this come see it for yourself i've said almost nothing (laughs) uh also you can check us out online our show needs sponsorship so you can sponsor us as well you can sponsor the show or just the station in general we also have 
a uh, Radio Free Brooklyn, the uh, newsletter. Check out Radio Free Brooklyn. And if you want to download apps so you can listen to us at all times on the go, please do that. You seem like smart people, but we have iPhone and Android apps. If you need to know it is RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash iPhone or Android. But again, just go to your app store. We are 718-928-9732. If you'd like to call in and say something, please do. Where can we find you? Uh, I don't really have anything. To plug? No. No, nothing to plug. (laughs) No. Fair. Uh, You can find me next Sunday at Bazaar Bar for Satanic Bingo. So come check that out. Doors open at 8 p.m. We have Sideshow. We have Tarot and Burlesque. And, of course, Bingo and Satan. So come check us out uh, with prizes from La Sirena, as well as paddles from Petra, Petra's Closet. Thank you. Uh, That's all I have to say about that for plugs. Also, check me out at 7 o'clock right here on Radio Free Brooklyn for Art Star Scene with Juno Tempest and, of course, Face Boy, also a New York institution, (laughs) Uh, Face Boy. Yeah, we had another weird assembly where like this guy came in and it made me really paranoid about throwing out trash because he said something like garbage men or like maybe he was a cop or a detective. Whatever it was, he was saying like people could go through your trash and figure out who you are. Yeah. From your trash. And I'm like, why do I have to know this at such a young age? Because it's making me never want to throw anything out. Yeah. I, I, that doesn't, that one doesn't really make sense. No. But yeah, what, what, uh, yeah, kids aren't like doing taxes and stuff. What, what, what's a kid gonna throw out that's gonna have like important information on it? I'm not sure. I don't even know why we had, like, we in, I feel like I remember in elementary school, we had like a weird assembly almost every week. And I think they ran out of things to talk about because I swear one of the assemblies they told, they taught us that the taller person should hold the umbrella. That was the whole assembly. Like, that was what I remember from, from assembly, that, like, we walked away with that knowledge that the taller person should hold the umbrella. That's You know what's funny? That was probably just, like, a throwaway line. <laughs> In the whole assembly. <laughs> yeah, but this is, yeah, all these years later, what you remember is, yeah, we had an assembly. They called us all down there. We all sat down. They hushed us up. Hey, everyone, listen up. <laughs> If you, if you, there's two of you holding an umbrella, give it to the taller one. All right, uh, you're dismissed. Yeah, like it could have been like a whole thing. Like, <laughs> I, I, well, there were a lot of like Holocaust assemblies, so it could have been like a whole thing about like the actual like did the depress like a real thing that happened. And then I'm like, oh, I walked away with it with that umbrella knowledge. You're probably right. That is probably what happened. There are probably you know survivor stories that have just little tidbits like that. Yeah. And, and I, that's all I took from it. I like took out all the, I edited everything else out. That sounds about right. Probably exactly what happened. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I feel like we had a lot of weird. And then there was like the firehouse guy. Did you ever have the firehouse guy? No. Yeah, like we had like a, like a, I don't know. They had like this house that you needed a, um, what is it? A, uh, like a special permission slip to go in this house, which was like a mobile home that they were going to, like, make you evacuate as though there was a fire. Really? Yeah. Well, that sounds kind of cool. It was, but I didn't get the piece of paper, so I wasn't allowed to do it, so I had to be outside, and I was so sad about it. 
Oh, this is perfect. Yeah, this is. I think it's perfect all around. Like I think <laughs> Gary would approve, and I think uh, Horn Ox would approve, <laughs> as well as um, what was his name? Al Sharp. Al Sharp would approve, and all of Montclair would approve. <laughs> It's just Tom. Forget it. I love that. Like, wow. Do you know anything about the girl? What girl? The girl, the girlfriend from the from the test thing. Like, no, I actually, I, I don't even know who that was. That's, I don't know. Maybe it ruins the whole story. That's just what I heard. It's true. It's probably true. So. Uh, do you have an Etsy page where we can buy your? Nah, I, uh, I mean, look out someday that a documentary about Gary will come out. It's called Hysterical. It's made by me and Seth Pompey. It also features a, a similar, in some ways, but the opposite in some ways, guy called Alan Shane. He was another comedian, uh, passed away. Uh, horrible coincidence there. Uh, it was close together, too, wasn't it? Two months, yeah. Yeah. It was Gary and then Alan? Other way. Okay, because I knew Gary better than Alan. I'd seen Alan at Mike's, and he was just like a dirty old man. Yep. Yeah, but like not necessarily... He was funny, right? I thought he, he was. I mean, there was another thing where... Sort of like Gary, where uh, he, he didn't exactly catch on, but everyone remembers him, and I, for one, thought he was hilarious. Um... Yeah, so the documentary is called... raunchy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's... Like, absurdly so, where it's like, this isn't even dirty anymore. This doesn't even make sense. <laughs> so filthy, it's just not even dirty. Yeah. <laughs> it's lost all, all relation to, to uh, what's proper and what's not, whereas it's just in its own bizarre world. Nice. And is, there was footage that you collected up here, right? What? You collected footage. Did you collect footage of Alan as well? Oh, yeah. We followed them around. We have so much more footage than we'd ever be able to do anything with. I mean, mostly because most of it's just useless. But we got what we needed, too. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping to get going. Uh, I don't know. Just hanging in there. So you don't know when it'll be out? Nope. All right. I know. I can't wait to see it. Oh, thank you. I will be very excited to see it. Yeah. I'm a big fan. If you're a fan, if you're a fan, this is the movie for you. Yeah. There's a, a little like I uh, I actually write to Gary sometimes on Facebook, but it does I don't I can't do it on my phone. I can only do it I think on a computer because I won't go to his page. I don't want people to know what I have to say. It's about us, so I'll like message him okay. privately. Uh, but I have a thing on my mirror that he once posted on my Facebook and like I try to live by this and it was just never stop being you which is just such a perfect Gary bit of advice I wish I listened to more of his advice to be honest like uh-huh. I, he probably I, we should have been each other's managers <laughs> I think we'd both be better off <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest today thank you for having me thanks And uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll check you out next week. Have a good one. Goodbye.